0: The local bar podcast with your host Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I'm your host Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? heard you missed us. We're back. Local bar can be found on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart. No, we are not kicked off the internet. A little bit of a, a little bit of a story to tell here in a, in a few moments. But we are glad to be back here in the studio, the uh, the the home office, the place that makes us feel the most comfortable. Um, back. Um, no technical difficulties tonight, except for the fact that I have lost. The computer mouse, but you know what? If that's the biggest problem we have, then then I'm doing all right. Uh, look, of bar can be found, uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart Radio, wherever you get your good and your bad podcasts. You can also find us on Facebooks. You know, over there, all the kids like the Facebooks these days. Uh, to, uh, look, of our media. We put up uh, If you don't, if you don't like Facebook, if it's too political for you, man, politics ruins something else. If, uh, if, it's, if it's just too much for you, you can always just follow Local Bar Media. Whenever we have something or our friends have something, we like to throw it up over there. Also, uh, just to uh, let you know, if you want to send an email our way, chat at localbarmedia.com. Um, before I get into the stories of what has been um, kind of a crazy summer uh, since we last talked in July, I wanted to uh, point your attention towards something. Charleston, South Carolina. For my South Carolina people, Charleston, South Carolina is the place to be this weekend. The weather's going to be beautiful. Uh, There's a lot going on. One of the biggest things, though, Southern Songwriter Festival going on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd this weekend. Uh, You can find this. Uh, You can just get on the Facebooks and find it. You can look it up as presented, excuse me, by Somerville Dream. But again, it's the Southern Songwriter Festival. There's a lot of good people going to be at this. Uh, There's tons of acts, tons of acts. A lot of great singer-songwriters, people you know, people you don't know. Certainly something that you need uh, to go and check out if you're in the area because... Charleston, you're on, and the local bar is on. Mr. Don Merkel will be on the Songwriter Alley stage, 5.30 to 7 p.m. It's a Songwriters in the Round event. It will be on the 23rd. Don Merkel, Songwriter Alley stage, 5.30 to 7. Go see him. Uh, He will be, sadly, I will not be there. I won't be there this time. I did get to play with Don, and and um, we were in Savannah, and we played some songs we haven't played together in a while. It's great. It was a lot of fun. It's, some of his new stuff is amazing. All of his stuff's fantastic. Go see him if you if you're someone who's followed this show for a, a long time, but looking for something cool to do in the Charleston area. That festival is going to be fantastic. If you certainly can be there at the Songwriter Alley stage, five thirty to seven on the twenty third. Be there, please. Uh, we don't ask for tons of support here uh, for ourselves. We always ask for it for our friends. Don kind of is, is pretty much part of us here. And so we are going to this time. Please, if you can, come check that out. Uh, for our friends, though, up north of the border, uh, not the border we always talk about, the, the, the border we never talk about, up there in Canada, if you're traveling abroad, um, up there in Canada uh, j- Just so you know uh, Our boy Hayes Carl, friend of the show I guess we can call him now He's going to be up there at the Texas Trilogy Tour uh, it's, it's a pretty cool pretty cool band a, a, a pretty cool show if you haven't checked it out um, Ray Wiley Hubbard's going to be up there with him. There's three of them I can't remember the third To save my life James Mercury maybe All right, anyway, Hayes is going to be up there. I know he's going to be like in Vancouver, in Calgary, in Edmonton. Check it out. I think that's coming up in November. So uh, Hayes has been very nice to us here. We enjoyed some time with him. If you missed that interview with Hayes Carl, it was done back in June, I think, of this year because he was playing uh, over in Charlotte. So please go check him out. Last thing, if you are local. There's an event that's going on. It's uh, a bunch of comedians here in town. They're doing a gig uh, over uh, at this new this new place over by the the downtown airport. If you like the private airport uh, that we have down here, um, there's a there's some I haven't been there yet. I'm going because I want to check it out. I hear that it's a it's a pretty cool uh, place to go. But on this Friday, eight to ten at Runway Seven Twenty Eight. Stand-up comedy. Uh, check it out. If you will, go to uh, Facebook, look up Jen Snyder, J-E-N-N-S-N-Y-D-E-R. Scroll down her page to you see Stand-up Commodity, and check it out. You can get tickets there. It's off of Eventbrite. I think it's only $10 a ticket. Four really good comedians, but Jen Snyder's going to be there. It's worth 20 bucks going to see her. Uh, check them out. They're there this Friday if you're in the Columbia, South Carolina area. So, it's been a while. This year seems to be seems to be a lot of those. It's been a while. Somebody emailed me the other day, asked me if I was thinking of quitting the show. <laughs> no. Somebody else sent me an email, asked me if we'd gotten in trouble. No, nothing like that had happened. And I and I want to I want to take some time today to uh, not only tell you a little bit about what happened. And what's going on over the past uh, month or so? While we've kind of taken a break, both both shows have been put on pause without warning. But we are now back. Uh, a lot of the folks I had lined up are still lined up, so hopefully we have some good stuff coming. We've got some adventures coming over the next few weeks. Maybe even meet some new friends. You never know when you go on the adventures. But um, I want to I want to start at the at the at the middle. Of uh, the past few months, um, and address something in a way that maybe you you haven't heard. If you uh, if you're a friend of the show, you've you've throughout the year seen me name titles of my uh, of my shows. Sometimes after the the people that are that are I'm obviously interviewing, uh, but if I don't, sometimes I try to every now and then get a little bit creative. More often than uh, probably anything else, you've seen a play on words of a Jimmy Buffett song or line or something. Uh, this one is no different. I um, I've had a I've had a, a really strange um, past couple past couple of months, and um, and the. Jimmy Buffett's passing was something that uh, because of where I was in my life and again, I'm not being too vague. we're gonna to get to that here in a minute. Uh, I I almost kind of missed to be quite honest with you uh, a guy that I appreciated in so much of my adult life I I almost just let it slide right by. I didn't I, I took some time in and and over the past few weeks I've actually allowed my mind to go back and and, and investigate why. Why in the world did did Jimmy's passing not really bother me? So let's start at the beginning real quick. I, I want to talk about something that I I believe we all do. Whenever there is a celebrity, we love we love to create uh, in our mind a narrative of what we think not only they are like, but how they would be with us. Right. Um you you um my wife does this a lot and i i'll tell you i used to i used to kind of laugh about it uh i have a i have a story and and maybe i'll admit to it here in a second but my wife will will see people that she really likes, especially musicians. Not people that talk a lot, people that sing and and they emit these incredible emotions and they they flow out onto us, and then we we let them interrogate us in the recesses of our minds and form whatever shape of art that they they want to form in us, and it, and it can be so different for us. And we look at that person and we're amazed at how they reached out to us, and we think there's no way we wouldn't be best friends oh my god there's no way we wouldn't my wife does say that in a joking way if you listen to welding a family i know she said it a couple times on the show she'll if we're talking about some artist she'll like oh my god we'd be best friends if we met i think in a lot of ways we do that uh, uh a lot i've actually talked with my therapist about this before uh and, and a couple of other people that are, are are pretty pretty high up there in the psychiatry department um I think what happens is – so I I think the best way to explain it is I saw Dave Grohl, a a Dave Grohl quote. I I assume he said this. It's attributed to him. But he said one of the most amazing things about music uh, is something to the effect of you you sing a song out to a crowd of 20,000 people uh for one reason you wrote this song and you sing it out to them but they're singing it back to you for 20,000 different reasons. I've never understood artists that don't like that. They get really angry. The old Darius Rucker used to do that a lot. I'm not worried. He's never going to be on my show. I've reached out. Don't worry. Um he'd get mad when people misinterpreted his songs. I like it when people are like, "Okay, yeah, that's not why I wrote it, but you know, um I'm glad it means that to them." That's amazing and i've never understood artists that didn't allow for there to be uh even though it's really a one way we'll call it a one way dialogue right between uh, them and their fans like for instance here i talk but you have a chance to talk back to me when you send me an email i read it and most times i respond back and it's uh whether it's good or bad um and it's and, and there is at least a a, a true dialogue there uh but, but artists, especially musicians, can really do that they, they create a song We're having a bad day We're coming home from work We're sitting around the table That relationship's over uh, we, we, we're, we're walking down the street the, the job and the career we thought we'd have for forever is now gone um, We don't know what's going on between uh, us and this group of friends And there's some song that seems to pass right through those ear pods right at the right time And for some reason that song will grab you And it will allow for your heart and your head to meet in a way that no other medium really does. At least not for me. And suddenly that artist means more to you than just a a name in your iTunes account. I, um, I don't think it's rare for people to feel that way. In meeting all the people I've met through my entire life, I don't know that I've ever met an artist, or I, 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 I never met Jimmy Buffett, but I don't know that I've ever met a or, or or come across an artist that I've learned about that I've ever seen permeate so many different age groups, so many different cultures. Um. The way Jimmy Buffett did. I didn't know Jimmy Buffett uh, when I was growing up. I mean, I I knew I barely heard Margaritaville. It was pounded into your head, um, if you were like a if you're gener, generation generation next kid. It's just one of the songs you heard. I remember the first time I ever heard "Come Monday," um, and I remember thinking that was a really amazing, just very different song. I, I love the the way the story slowly un and un, unfolded, and I love the way that it, um. I could I could see it I could see it happening I think that was it was one of the first songs I really could just the age I was when I when I heard it, but I I always thought Jimmy was just kind of hokey you know Cheeseburger in Paradise all that kind of stuff no, no I mean even even songs that are pretty masterfully written lyrically uh, like pencil thin mustache still sounded goofy to me it wasn't anything that I really cared for, and so I didn't think really much of him when I when I when I got college age and i was hanging out somewhere in one of the streets of Charleston. and uh i like like any story uh, I, I met a girl and i remember she turned me on to um like i i knew all three of them but she she turned me on to three artists that began to greatly shape not only my musical liking but my writing the the style that i would i would sing uh the style that i would play and it was um not that I can write, sing, or play like any of them, but it, sh- it shaped it. It shaped it. it. Got me going down the right path, uh, and uh, that was really a, a kind of a kind of a 300 level class, if you will, on Bob Dylan, Bruce Springsteen, and surprisingly, Jimmy Buffett. And um, my younger self thought that Jimmy was the odd man out, um, knowing what I know now uh, about that music. Um, he he fit right in with the the other two. I didn't take his music seriously, and then I'll never forget hearing the words uh, to "Cowboy in the Jungle." I think, and I'm not certain, but I think that's the first time I'd ever heard that song. I was 19 years old, I think. I'll tell you a little something about me um, that I may have alluded to before, uh, but I don't think I've ever flat out, boldly said. That um, I'm I'm a very I'm the luckiest guy you'll ever meet, and and one of the things that I love about my life is I've gotten to meet uh, so many of you. I, so many of my best stories are are stories of my friends, stories with my friends. I I'm I'm very happy that my life has been one that has been of constant change, and I've gotten to meet and come across an incredible amount. Of very interesting people. Living like that has its effects though. And if I'm being 100% honest. I never really felt like I knew where my place was in this world. and Until I met Maria. That won't surprise some of you. It'll shock the crap out of others of you that really know me i never was comfortable growing up i may have been confident i may have been loud but i never was really comfortable where i was every time we would get settled in a city it seemed like we would move again i i would i finally made my way in this city i was kind of one of the cooler kids in school i felt like i'd found my group everything was going good and then we moved and everything that was cool in this city was is really dorky in this city and that that happened uh, a few times, and that that was really difficult. And when I got to college, um, it was it was a little bit easier in the fact that I was always so used to being the new kid, and I I come to college where everyone's the new kid, and so now 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 we're at least on some kind of even playing field i thought the problem is is most of y'all didn't know what to do now i'm now I'm awkward because I'm comfortable being uncomfortable and you're not and it was just it was just strange it was just strange life has just been strange I, I don't mean any disrespect my first wife no I was never i never went through a, a long period where I felt like I was really in my skin it really was my adult life right there right around 40. Before I really felt. And the thing about that college age is I thought maybe this is just how people were. And then I heard those lyrics to Cowboy in the Jungle. He looks so out of place from his cheap cheroose and his shrimp skin boots. His skin is white as paste. Oh, with no plans for the future. Oh, that's not it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> slipped my mind. <laughs> anyway, the, the 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 line I was trying to get to uh, is the, the part where his, he talks about his original destination is just another story that he loves to tell. It's about a guy that's just out of place. He's Heading down one place. Money ran out, so he's stuck where he is. I remember hearing that song... And listening to it over and over again, I, I remember um, how much I loved the um, the the poetry of the way that Jimmy wrote. But it wasn't just the song. Like for one of the first times in my life, you know, it, when you when you hear a, it was old old Elton song, sad song, say so much. Um. A lot of times when you hear a sad song, it, you you may actually sit back and listen to the to the words a little bit more. And they 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 reach you because that there's low um you know there's the, the different flat chords there are probably the minor chords kind of get you and they kind of make you feel down and you and it puts you kind of in that that state of mind. I didn't have to I didn't need that. I mean, not that the music wasn't kind of cool with it. But the words themselves moved me like like nothing else did. And, and, and that's the thing that really it is bothering me. No, sh- Shrimp Skin Boots comes first. Shrimp Skin Boots and his cheap cheroots and his skin is white as paste. Heading south to Paraguay where the Gauchos sing and shout. Now he's stuck in Portobello since his money all ran out. And then uh, hangs out with the sailors. Night and day, they're raising hell. And his original destination's just another story that he loves to tell. It was going to kill me if I could not think of that. From Bronco Rod to a 10-foot tide, he just had to learn to roll. There's something about that. There's something about listening to those words just wash over me, and I was at this point in my life right there about what would have been half my life ago a little more now. Right there at 20 years old, um, working with the basketball team. It was great, but I didn't fit in with everything that we did there. Um, Everything I did in college, I seemed to kind of get a footing and then things would fall apart. People move, people graduate and leave. I I couldn't get things going. And then I I thought I did and then life fell apart. And then I tried to kick start it back up again. And and, uh, here I am in a place that, yeah, I've got some friends that I'm close with, but I'm not always dividing up the time like I want it. I don't know where I'm really supposed to be. I felt like I was in a boat that was just a boat that had no rudder no sail no steer i was just out there no paddle just floating and not in control of anything and i, I never was in a place i did when i found maria uh and i realized real quick and, and won't we'll get into too much of this this is probably an episode of welding a family one day but part of it was just because of who she is and and the 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 way that she looks at people her um her her great – she doesn't require much, but she really uh, does require a lot of honesty in who you are and being – being because she is going to be. And wh- whether it's a fault – or uh, it's a benefit. She wants you to understand every single part of you. And she helps me sometimes to decipher between things that are negatives and positives. And it's funny because I've just been wrong about them. Because I've had some people in my life in the past that have just been kind of bad people. And so it's 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 amazing to have somebody like that in your life. But I, I, I digress. The thing about that music with Jimmy, though, is it let me know that you can you can find that. And and until you do, there are stories to tell about the journey until you're there. For a kid that was 20 whose life was about you know like I'm getting ready to graduate and my life any plan that I had was going to go up in flames. It was going to fall apart and then, like a lot of you, I had to figure life out. Man, that music came back and helped a lot there. One of my favorite stories um, is uh, from a, a song that not not unless you're a Jimmy fan, you you might not even know it. But it is uh, it's about one day they, they had this. Jimmy and a couple other guys decided that they were going to have a race. And so this is back in the in the 70s, Key West. And um there wasn't much there. You couldn't you, you know, like you, you had the you had the bar and then there's like this swimming pool right outside the bar and then the, the really small beach right after that. And they had these three dinghies, we'll call them. These boats were not really meant to be out on the water. They they rented them from a guy that was known for being pretty shady. So that makes the boats extra shady. They each had a female companion that was going to go on the boat with them. And here is the deal. You are going to race out of the bar. No, let me let me let me tell this correctly. You're going to take a shot of tequila. Race out of the bar till you got to the pool. Take a shot of tequila. Jump in the pool, swim across the pool, get out the pool. There's another shot of tequila waiting for you. Race down the beach. To your dinghy. There's another shot of tequila waiting on you. You get in the boat. You go way out. There's a buoy way out there. You're going to go out around it. Back. Get out of the boat. Race back. Jump through the pool. Swim through the pool. Go back to your stool at the bar. Whoever wins would have the title. I love this. This is fantastic. Would have the title of the king of Key West forever. Not for a year. There was no way to redo it. You just got to, you're gonna, you're gonna king forever. It's a pretty big, pretty big deal, you know. So uh, the Jimmy and two other friends decided to to do this race, and they did it, and they got going, and they did great. They had a ton of people there, the friends of theirs, they were cheering them on. They got in the boats, they sailed off, and everybody else just kind of went back to the bars and kind of did their own thing. They just let those fools just figure it out they get out there and they get around the 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 buoy that's way 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 out. And one of the masts breaks on one of the boats. And then all of a sudden on another one he's trying to turn it hard to get around and the rudder falls off. And then something happens to Jimmy's. I can't remember. They're all three stranded. They got nothing. So they tie the boats to, together to kind of try to make some kind of flotilla. They realize though that there's nobody on the beach. They can't signal anybody. And they're fighting against a current. They can't get back. So they jump in. They grab the line and start swimming. The three men start swimming. And the three other, the three men start swimming. The three women go and sit on the third boat and just smoke pot. These guys are swimming their butts off. And they cannot, and they've already, are pretty drunk. And they cannot they, they realize they're not going to be able to make it back. The, the, the tide is fighting against them way too much. And all of a sudden, they hear all this laughter, and they have no idea what's happened. So they get up on the boat, and they look. Well, the girls had somehow become unattached, and they were floating way out to sea, and they were too high to get anybody's attention. They were just all sitting there laughing their butts off. So they finally swim and get them, bring them back. They were able to at least reattach the boats, and they have no idea what in the world they're going to do. Suddenly, this large yacht, black yacht, no trim, all black, black windows, everything's black, pulls up. They stay a good distance from them. They're all shouting towards the windows. They sit there for a minute, and then suddenly they see somebody throw something out the back, but they can't even see who the person is. They're able to grab that line. He pulls them in at least close enough. Then he turns around and books out. Nobody knows. Jimmy's bet was that it was CIA. Hey, who knows? Who knows who it was? They never had seen that boat. No one ever saw it again. They tried to describe it. No one had any idea who it was. And it's uh, Sonia is grinning. Phil is ecstatic. Hey, Mason has jumped in the sea. I'm hanging on to the line on this sailboat. Oh, nautical wheeler, save me. That quick nautical wheeler and the black boat helped inspire a song that Jimmy Buffett fans have loved for a long time. Margaritaville was written in six minutes. Six minutes. Three minutes before he got on a plane. The other three minutes he finished it up when he was stuck on the seven-mile bridge because of an accident. What I love, I think, the most about Jimmy Buffett, if I if I can share anything real quick, I know tons of people... I mean, how many times have you heard Margaritaville since he died? I get it. Everybody wants to sing that kind of stuff. It's nice that so many people have paid tributes to the man. But the thing I think I, I, I'm the most impressed with about Jimmy Buffett, what made him different than Bruce and... Uh, is that... I... I think I think Bob Dylan and Bruce are their own man, sure. But Jimmy never tried to really—I don't want to say win anybody over. He was—he was always comfortable with being who he was. I got my hush puppies on. I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll. God, this is his first big hit, and he just sang it right out right then. I don't think Jimmy Buffett ever and by all accounts again I've never met the man by all accounts I think Jimmy Buffett never wanted to be as we'll call it successful as he is. All the Margaritaville owns cruise lines now. He's got he's got resorts all over the world. I, you know, I think he's all right with other people running that stuff. He just wants to play his guitar and perform and, and enjoy his life and, and fish and fly his planes but I think what's what's great about Jimmy Buffett is he had the opportunity to not be authentic and he never was and he faced nothing but failure. Failure. I mean the stories if if you uh, uh, there's a book called Jimmy Buffett a good life all the way. The first third of it is talking about the years, decades of failure. Of being not and I don't want to say failure on his part, but of not being able to get in. He hated Nashville, which was good because Nashville apparently didn't care much for him. He he hated all the he hated going out to LA. He he hated going up north. The man wanted to be between Alabama and Key West. That's where he wanted to live. He finally found a way to make it happen. One of the guys that's in the book is quoted with saying, I think it's Chris Christofferson. I'm not sure. But he says something to the effect of, uh, if you care about what you do and you stick with it long enough and you continue on, you'll, you'll make it in the music industry. I've never met any exception. That's a pretty pretty powerful thing for him to say. Uh, he's, his whole point is just you can't give up. But later on, he goes to talk about he's never seen anybody doing like Jimmy did, though. Sticking to your guns. Do I want to be famous or do I want to make my music? That was, the, that was one of the uh, quotes I heard in the book. It was something to the effect of if you make the music that you want to make, the success will find it. Whatever that level of success is for you, your success will be there. If you want to make music to get famous, you might. Popular, it could happen. But if you want to make music because you want to make music, That success will be there. Finding out that the world is your place and you have a corner in it and sometimes you've got to make that corner yourself. Maybe you're just not with the right people and it's okay to say where everybody's telling you you're supposed to go is where you're supposed to go. Maybe they're just wrong. And if I could throw in one quote, from Chad Alexander that he formed out of listening to so much Jimmy Buffett music. How many lives have you got? Are you going to let somebody else tell you how to run the one you're in charge of? But I wasn't sad when Jimmy died. And it's weird because, again... I understand there's a disconnect. I'm I've never really been a a, a celebrity, uh, like a star-struck kind of person ever. Um, but I do get sad when comedians pass away. That's always sad for me because all they ever want to do is make somebody laugh. And then when when, when uh, musicians pass away, because of that emotional connection we seem to have with them. But I I, I wasn't sad. When Jimmy Buffett died, and I, I could not figure out why. I thought I knew what it was, but I realized this weekend I was wrong. It was, um, it was the end of July. I was sitting on the beach with my, uh, my wife and my mother in law. We we're in Charleston, and Ala uh, Palms, just hanging out for the day with the with the kids, and we got a call that my wife's brother Jay had um, wasn't feeling good. And when he described what he had, he first thought he had COVID when he described what he had, oh, that sounds like hepatitis, man. Like you could sound like you got something like that going on. So he decided to go to the emergency room. This was on a, I believe it was on a Sunday. It was a Saturday or a Sunday. It was a weekend. And so one of the things you need to know is if you go to the emergency room on the weekend, the last thing they want to do is admit you to the hospital because you won't be able to leave. They, they won't have anybody really there to discharge you the next day. The hospitals aren't completely full during the weekends. And um, it's probably already full anyway. They don't have any beds. It's tough to go to the hospital on the weekends. And uh, Jay went and they immediately... Uh, kept him, and so that that raised some some eyebrows. Jay is forty two years old, and uh, he was on the cruise with us back in back in June. I mean, He's fine. I mean, whatever this it was came on pretty quick, and so I was afraid it was going to be something like hepatitis, and he had to be in the hospital for a few days, and you know, he had to really kind of take care of himself till he got back to normal, and we were all kind of nervous about that a couple of days later they're saying the words leukemia and then um a day later they said extremely aggressive i think it was in in my mind it was a week I, it may have been two weeks i think it was two weeks he was there yeah, uh, He did chemo uh, one time. It didn't work. Or he, it It did work, but he couldn't take it. He had an infection going on. This leukemia was baffling the doctors, saying that this was something that probably just started in July. I don't think he had it back in June. That's how aggressive and strange this ex- extremely rare type of leukemia was. August 13th, he became unresponsive. Uh, My wife went down the 14th. Um, And I'm glad she did. He passed away that night. 42. No one saw it coming. At his celebration of life this past week, my wife... Gave one of the most honest, transparent, frank um, and extremely well-written speeches I've ever seen at any funeral. This is a guy that's worked in hospice. I've been to a lot of funerals. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to make some moves on her this weekend. I got better game than that. It really was amazing. It really was... Uh, phenomenal to watch her talk about her brother. But one of the things that really, really got me, and I heard her say something to this, to someone else the other day, but, but hearing her there say that she'd thought of living without her, her mom. She'd lost her dad before. She'd even thought about not having her spouse with her. But she had never once thought of a day that her brother wouldn't be there he's not. Jay was a cowboy in the jungle for a long time. It is not easy to be gay in the South. It is easier than it was, but in Jay's time, it was not. Jay grew up in North Carolina, um, not in one of the more populated cities. It was a hard way to grow up. Jay went through his life dealing with whatever it was he de- he had to de- deal with, um, overcoming some things and just learning to live with others. And I don't know all the stories, but I know enough to be sad. And then Jay moved to Jacksonville, moving down to the free state of Florida where people have their, <laughs> have their opinions on how hard it may be To be gay in Florida today, but I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier than it was. And Jay moved to Jacksonville, found the love of his life, found a great group of friends, got reconnected with some family that he didn't really know or at least know that well. And Jay found his spot in the world. It wasn't until recently that Jay found a career. That really spoke to him. I thought it was a tough one. He wanted to get into real estate like a lot of people do. I don't know about that. There's a lot of work. And I think what happened is I was just so jaded because I know so many people that have gotten into it and failed. But Jay, it really spoke to him. And he was down with doing the dirty work. He had the schedule, all the stuff they teach you in real estate class. Jay was ready to do whatever you had to do in a day. He wanted to do it twice in a day. It's great. He really loved what he was doing. He was he was just jiving with it. Matt and Jay, Matt Matt Jay's husband, had uh, had adopted two boys. They they're now out of the house, kind of starting their lives as well. And things were going, things were going pretty well for everybody. There's challenges and struggles, like you. I'm not saying everything was perfect, but Jay had found his place, and I think. I think that was amazing to me, and then I watched Jay and his sister, my wife, after the cruise we took back in June, suddenly text more and call more in a way that I hadn't seen, and I realized that what I was viewing is that the relationship, or at least some form of one, that neither one of them ever really got to have, they, they were beginning that with each other. And I liked it. it. It made my heart smile. I didn't say it to my wife at the time because I didn't want to ruin anything. Plus, I wanted to keep hearing when she was talking to her brother. I just loved to hear you. And I, I didn't want to ask her because then she wouldn't tell me. And you know, And then just like that. It took me a while to be sad over Jay's death. Part of it is because I shut down on it. Um so from doing work that I've done and just part of who I am. I can I can kind of put that off to the side. Yeah, it's it's you know, I'm I'm in denial, but I use that denial. I, I got family I got to worry about. I got a wife who's lost her brother. I got a mother-in-law who's lost her son. I got to make sure my girls understand this. I think my wife really kind of wanted to be there and be the one to tell them. And she she was, but I needed to be around both of them, myself, for a little bit. I wanted to be patient with my wife as much as I could, and I wanted to be there to support her in whatever way I could. I, I didn't have time for me to be sad, and so... Um, when I knew there's always, there's always a lull, waves come and you got to learn how to surf them. And you got to know as you're out there, uh, you know, like neck deep in water and you're bobbing waves and stuff, you know, the, the lulls coming It's it's always three days before a funeral. So I let myself be sad for a little bit. And the crazy thing was seeing that Jimmy Buffett died right around the same time. Old Florida boy himself. One of the things I thought was really interesting is that, uh, or the king of Key West forever, I guess. I don't know who ever really won that race. But I noticed that he had something in common with Jay, is that they both had found their place. Now, one of them was a multimillionaire doing exactly what he wanted to do, had worldwide fame, all kinds of money, had the ability to live his days exactly like he wanted, but Jimmy Buffett was living his days exactly like he wanted in 1970 in a hammock in Key West with his guitar. Yeah, I'm not saying he wasn't appreciative for what he got. I know he was, but it can come in so many different forms, and I saw that in Jay. The damn thing about it is that Jay's was for about a year. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Jay would disagree with me and say it was probably longer than that. Maybe, like me, it was when he found Matt. Maybe it was when they adopted their boys and felt like they had a complete family. I I, I don't know. I just throw the career in there because I saw it all really coming together. Had a beautiful house. It has a beautiful house. I don't know. I, the, the tenses still escape me. But it was, it was good for me to be able to compare and contrast because I wasn't upset when Jimmy Buffett died, and I finally realized it when I was driving home this weekend. I wasn't upset when he died because Jimmy lived a life, flat out, and I didn't know him, but I I, I he did. He lived a life, and he lived his life the way he wanted to live it. Good for you, Jimmy. Here's to you. Thanks for the music. I knew it wasn't going to last forever. It sure has been a lovely cruise. Sail on, Captain. And I could say a lot of that about Jay, but I hate that it's at 42. So we've taken some time. And I'm at the point. Where I've let myself get into the funk that I get into, that I've put whatever I can to the side so I can be there for the family, but I understand that I've got to start lifting the heavy weights and doing the hard things and climbing out of that that kind of stuff a little bit, and so I'm back here in front of the microphone. One of the things that makes me happy that I've stayed away from, and partly partly because I didn't know how authentic it would be if I didn't get this off my chest. But number two, because I knew I wasn't ready to bring this up to you yet because it hadn't all come to me. Now it has. When you go to funerals, people will tell you, call your family. You'll never know when you won't see them. When people, when you go to funerals, people remind you of how lucky you are. But I'm going to tell you, I've talked to you at funerals and I've been to them too. Most of the time we don't really hear that or we do, but we leave it behind. I'm not, I'm going to do that to you today. That's not this message. This is the message. It doesn't matter what you view success as. There's going to be hard times in the beginning and the end. Life doesn't get easier. You just get better at dealing with it. Sure, you'll get lucky breaks, but stuff will get stolen right out from underneath you. There's heartaches. There's heartbreaks for everyone in every phase of life. But I think one of the things that we have to start doing in a world that more and more tries to give us images of who we're supposed to be, is to not be afraid to truly do that thing that makes you, you. And to understand that the greatest success you can ever have is looking at yourself in the mirror and knowing that that is exactly who you are. That's got to be the greatest feeling in the world. And it's such a great feeling that it can even take some of the sting of death away. Why? Because I can tell you this. There's probably a lot that people hate. I know there's when people die, they die with regrets. I hear it. But man, there's got to be something That right when you close your eyes the last time and right before you think of your family and, and the people that you love the most, that one thing that goes through your mind is like, man, I'm just glad I was who I was. I'm glad I got to live days the way that I always wanted to. I'm glad I got to be me. Man, social media was supposed to be the thing that would allow us to see each other's individuality. All it's done is made people chase the same things to where we all just mimic each other's success and we think that we see somebody do something and that that's what we're supposed to do next. And that's just been, what is it, 20 years of it now? It's a cluster. It's a failure. It's not what that does. We've got to find ways to do that. I don't know how many lives you've got. I've got one of them. I know that we change as we grow. But a lot of times I think we change because we, we're scared of being who we feel naturally we're supposed to be. Because it doesn't fit in. Because it doesn't go exactly a- along the lines that somebody else thinks that it's supposed to. I don't want to live on that kind of island. I don't want to swim in that roped-off sea. I've got to be where the wind and the water are free. No, I'm not over the, the death of my brother-in-law. I don't think any of us ever will. That's okay. That's the price. that when you When you hurt this bad for someone that you've loved, all it tells you is that you really did love them. Because if you didn't hurt, then you're lying. You probably really didn't love them that much. It's the tax we pay for being so connected to people and loving them as much as we do. Oh, no, no, I'm not over it. And I won't be for a long time, and I'm okay. My wife and my mother-in-law are actually doing pretty well with things, I think. And then... But there's no more dates. There's no more, hey, well, we'll get to this. And then when we get to this, and then we have the celebration of life. And now we've just passed that far out buoy way, way off from the beach. And we're all learning to have to sail this boat in a wide sea with no points to look towards. We have to learn to to sail without them. rolling with all the punches, playing all of your hunches, making best of whatever comes your way. Plowing straight ahead, come what may, for that cowboy in the jungle. Where Where are you today with that? Are you really comfortable with who you are? Are you comfortable everywhere you are? I'm not saying it's good to it's bad to be uncomfortable. It's it's good to be uncomfortable every now and then. It sharpens us up, it gets us going. But I'm talking about where your happy place is. You know, that that your home, your friends, the close people. Are you really around the people that you feel like, yeah, this is my people, this is my community, this is where I'm supposed to be. If you're not, then unabashedly, unfearfully. Rush out towards that point. You don't know how many days you have left. So this one's for Jimmy. And this one's for Jay. Two cowboys in the jungle that made their own way and who in some funny way have been united in my life more <laughs> ways than one. As a stark reminder of how important that is. Till next week, take care. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. so different